Take your Bibles and turn to Galatians chapter 6 this morning. Galatians chapter 6. Isn't it good to have a piano player? Oh, it's so nice. And, uh, you know, it, it's so nice to have somebody who can play the piano, can read music, and not to worry about, you know, this or that. And you can, uh, I praise the Lord for for Joe. I can just bring a song on her, and it doesn't matter if she's ever heard it before. She, she'll be like, oh, well, I don't know. I've never done that one before. I was like, that really doesn't make a difference. And she just plays it along and, go, you know, and I, I praise the Lord for that. And uh, so, and then Rachel, when she fills in, it's so nice. And they're both going today. So, you know, we were kind of left without a piano player. Although Jacob and Tim really persevered through. That was great. I really enjoyed the auditory. I would have enjoyed it more if it would have completed itself. But <laughs> anyway, that's all right. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. <coughs> Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege and the honor to be here this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And I pray, Father, that you would help us to be able to, to listen. And I pray that as the word goes forward today, Father, I pray that we would find some good ground to take root, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for those who are not here this morning, uh, Lord, we, we really, we do miss them. And Father, when, when one's missing, Father, they are missed in our service. But Lord, when there's many out, Lord, we, we feel it. And certainly, Lord, we pray that they'll be able to be back with us very soon. Lord, I pray that you'd use this message. Lord, I have nothing to offer anybody of myself, but Lord, you do, and your word does. And I pray the Holy Spirit of God would be able to work on hearts today and be able to speak to hearts, and we'd be able to leave here today different than when we came. And Lord, I pray today that you would comfort those who need comforting, and Lord, that you would convict those who need convicting. And I pray, Father, if there's one here today that is not saved, Father, I pray before they leave here today, they would settle that in their heart and settle it for eternity. Lord, I love you, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Am I echoing? Okay, I'm going to turn that. There, now I echoing now? Good, that sounds better. I uh, I, hit, I was getting ready to come up and turn it down during the Sunday school lesson, but it's just, you know, I don't like distractions, so we uh, try to keep them to a minimum. I want you to notice here in the few verses that we have, there's a lot that could be said about this passage of Scripture. We've used some of these verses as a, as a memory verse. I don't know if, if any of you remember Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing. 
For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. That was a, a memory verse that we had uh, a long time ago, like one of the first ones that we had when we, we first came here. I believe well, it was around 10 years ago now, I guess. Uh, but it goes on, it says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken at a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. There's a lot can be said about verse 1, but I, one word I want you to notice here, and this is where we got, I want to focus as we move on from our message from here. He says, ye which are spiritual. Ye which are spiritual. Anything that we do, if we do it of ourselves, it is a, it's a, it's a disaster. It, it profits nobody. It doesn't profit ourselves. It doesn't profit anybody around us. And it certainly does not profit the Lord. But he's saying, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. In verse 2 it says this, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know, I want you to notice here in verse 2, we need to understand how much that we need the church. How much that we need the church. I, I don't know if I could live and, and how I would cope with life and if I didn't have the church family. You know, with through the week, you know, we might not be in touch all the time through the week, but once in a while there's a text goes out or a phone call comes. You know what it's like? It's, it's like you're t- touching base with family. You kind of get in touch with family. Yes, you know, praise the Lord for that comfort that we have with one another. And that's why it's so hard when somebody, when somebody leaves a church and relocates or somebody falls out with a church. That's why it's so hard. It seems like it tears at the heart of the church and it tears at each and every individual's heart. I can say this, that there's people that, that used to come to our church that no longer come to our church, but my heart still is there for them. I still pray for them every single day. And I would love nothing better than be standing behind the pulpit sometime and to see them walk in. That would be a great day. Now, I can't say in old flesh sometimes there's some that I wouldn't want to see come in. And I, you know, we say, well, we're, we're no good, good riddance from that. But that's where it comes in with ye which are spiritual. Ye which are spiritual. It's not what's best for us in the church. It's not what's best for, for our, our kids in the church, but it's what's best for the church as a whole. What's, what is it in it? What's in it for me? Or what, what can I get out of this? He says in here, verse two, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know, our closest friends should be in the church. You may say, well, I've been hurt by people in the church. Well, I, I, I don't deny, I don't deny that because you can be hurt in the church. If people can say things that are hurtful, they can do things that are hurtful. I was a 16-year-old boy, and I remember my friend was in church, and and his family left the church, and not in a good way. They lived just, you you could take a rock and throw it at their house from the church, but yet they didn't come anymore. And I can remember 16 years old, man, that hit me like a a brick wall, like running into a brick wall, and I was there, and I had to make a decision that day. Was I coming to church because my friends were there, or was I coming because of my friend? That stick is closer than a brother, the Lord Jesus Christ. But that being said, you don't say, well, I'm, I don't like the church, but I'm going to serve the Lord. And I don't like the church, but there's, it's, it's, it's the best one that we have. And somebody said, well, I'm looking for a perfect church. I'm looking for that church that's, that's, that's there's no problems with it. Well, 
as somebody said, I believe it was Spurgeon. They talked to Spurgeon. They said, we are looking for a perfect church. And he said, well, if you're looking for a perfect church, you won't find it here. He said, because if we were a perfect church, it, the day you joined, it would become an, it would become an imperfect church. And that's true. You know what's wrong? You know what? why churches are not imperfect or why they are not perfect? Because of people. We're not done yet. <laughs> We're still working. Amen. We're still working towards that day when we, as the Bible says, we have been predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. There'll come a time, praise the Lord, and it won't be on this earth. But when we're going on, we will be complete, perfect. Amen. And so we need to, we, under, we need to understand that we need the church. We understand that we, we have the comfort of the church. So what do we do? How do we encourage one another? As it says here in verse 2, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Well, first of all, what you see, we need to love Christ. We need to love Christ more than ourselves. You know, the problem with our world today, one of the problems, there's many problems, but one of the problems in our world today is people are in love with themselves. And people love themselves. They look after themselves. And, and it's all about me and what I want and what I have to get. But we need, Christians, we need to love Christ. The Bible says of David, it says David loved the Lord. David loved the Lord. Was David a perfect man? Absolutely not. Far from perfect. But the Bible says that David loved the Lord. David loved the Lord. We find here verse 2 where it talks about fulfilling the law of Christ. Look back in John chapter 8. In John chapter 8 and verse 42. John chapter 8, verse 42, it says, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love him, love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. So we need to love Christ. You say, well, how? what, what is it talking about the so fulfill the law of Christ? Well, look in John chapter 13. In John chapter 13, it says this. John chapter 13 and verse 34, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Now we need to love Christ. If we love Christ, we'll love one another. Our love is, is, is for, is for our God. It's for our Lord. If we have that love for Him, then it, the love for one another comes natural. It's a natural love. Those who love the Father love the Son. You can't love the Father and not the Son. And can I say you cannot love God without loving His church? It's a natural thing. Those who do not love God's Word do not love God. And then those who do not love the Son do not love God the Father. So we see, first of all, we need to love Christ. Number two, we need to love one another. Verse uh, 34, uh, as we just read here just a minute ago, uh, uh, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. He commands us to love one another. John chapter 15, John chapter 15 and verse 12, he says this here, he says, this is my commandment. That ye love one another as I have loved you. I, that, that's something there to think about. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church. 
and gave himself for it. And we look at that verse and we quote that verse and say, husbands, love your wives. But it doesn't just say husbands, love your wives. It says husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And you see, it's not just, well, just, just love your wife. But it says love your wife as Christ loved the church. And he's not just saying love one another, but he's saying love one another as I have loved you. He doesn't just put something out there where he doesn't tell us how to do it, but he's saying, this is how I want you to love. There's a definition. This is, this is the kind of love I want you to have. The kind of love that I have, have given you, you give also to others. And that's important to understand that. You just to say, well, yes, we love, we love, we love, and we love. But what kind of love do we have? It's the love of Christ. We need to love one another. To show the world that we are saved. Amen. We see number number three, we need to, to serve one another. Back in Galatians chapter 5, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, he says, For, brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. We need to serve one another. You say, well, I'm the one that, that has been saved the longest. So I'm the one that needs to sit back and let have others serve me. Well, you might be the one who has been saved the longest, but you're certainly not the most spiritual one. You know, I find that, that, that wisdom does not always come with age. Wisdom does not always come because somebody is getting older. Sometimes some of the, the most ignorant people can be somebody who is old, set in their ways, and they cannot be changed. Right, wrong, or indifferent, this is the way it's going to be. we got to be careful with that. We need to serve one another. Mark chapter 10, verse 44 says, And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant to all. You know, I like to think of myself as wanting to serve the Lord. How do we serve the Lord? By serving others. The Bible says, Whatsoever you have done unto the least... Of these, you have done unto me. Whatsoever you have done unto the least of these. You know, we're looking in our afternoon service, we're looking at James. And James talking about, in, in, in the second chapter, talking about esteeming somebody, you know, because they're rich and looking to them and giving them priority over somebody who is poor. And, you know, talking about having partiality. We need to be careful of that. We need to serve. We need to serve one another. I've been taught in my life, and I praise the Lord that, that I was taught from the Word of God that we are to serve one another. We, I can remember being in, in a church in Virginia that Dad pastored, and, and we, would, we would bring, it was right in downtown, and so we'd bring food. We'd bring uh, crock pots of different things. There was a lady in church, and she, she'd bring crock pots of these little, little smokies. Like them, it was just loaded. I mean, you had, it was like soup almost with barbecue sauce. You had to dip down in there with a ladle and get out that those uh, um, little smokies, little hot dogs, we call them as kids. And, but they would come, the people from the street. You know, we we uh, we sing about the drunk on the street. You know, they would come in and they would go to the, give, but they couldn't come in and just go eat because then they'd walk out and leave. But we'd sit there and they would, they'd preach. And there was times when it, it would smell real good. It was a smaller room than this. And there was times when obviously they didn't have a home and they were out on the street. And so if, you know, if you don't have a home, I can deduct from that that you 
you don't have a shower, amen. <laughs> and so we, there was a lot of times when it didn't smell the greatest. So I can think of one man, I don't remember his, his last name, maybe dad does, but his name was Roy. Roy was homeless. Roy was one of those guys that would come into the church. And you know what? Someday I'll be able to see Roy again. Because Roy got saved. Amen. You know, there was others that would say, we don't want them in here. They stink. We don't want them in here. They don't bathe. And, and they come in here and some of them might even be drunk. And, and we don't want to associate with those kind of people in our church. I mean, we don't want them around our children. Well, listen. That could be you. That could be you. We need to serve one another. Have a servant's heart. Number four, we see this. We are to admonish one another. We are to admonish one another. Look back in Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, verse 14, it says, And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also also to admonish one another. So we're to admonish one another. What does that mean? Well, it's to warn, to, to notify of a fault. We looked this morning as we were here earlier with the men and, and as we had our prayer time. We looked at, and, and I, one of the things I said is today it's hard because everybody wants to do their own thing. And the Bible ends in Judges where it says, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And boy, if we're not in that day and age today, I don't know where we're at. Because everybody does that which is right in his own eyes. And we have statements like this. Well, who are you to judge how I live my life? I'm not. I'm not the judge. I'm not going to go out in the street and stand on the street corner and tell people they shouldn't wear that. You shouldn't wear that. You shouldn't wear that. The boys there. <laughs> no, I won't go there. But, you know, um, there was a time when I was preaching and there was a gentleman saying it. Or gentleman. Um, there was fellas sitting there with pink and purple shirts on and everything else. And the boys were like, Dad, when are you going to preach on that? If it was in my church, it would be different. But it's, amen. But, you know, there's, there's, I'm not going to stand out there. I'm not going to be somebody's judge and tell them they can't do this, you can't do that. But listen, if I see something that is a fault, especially with a brother, that I'm to admonish them, go to them and say, hey, I don't think this, you don't, I don't think you should be doing this. Now we go back to verse 1 of Galatians chapter 1, where it says, you which are spiritual. Because you know what happens when somebody comes to us and says, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. And I'm not, I'm not talking about going up to somebody and saying, hey, I got a problem with you. But if you go to somebody and say, listen, I've been praying about something I need to talk to you about. And you know, you, you, you said this, or, or, or you did this, and, or you went here and... And brother, I think that was wrong. And I, let me tell you why I think it's wrong. Not just because I say, but I, I believe the Bible, there's, there's, there's scriptural evidence for why this would be wrong. Now there's two things that happen. One, we get upset. I'm done. Who do you think you are? I mean, who are you? You goody, goody, two shoes. Oh, Mr. Spiritual here. I've heard it. <laughs> I have heard it. I've had people say, I don't care what the Bible says. He said, well, who would say that? Certainly not those who are spiritual. If somebody comes to you with a broken heart or because they love you, 
Open rebuke, the Bible says, is better than secret love. You know, to come to you and say, listen, I think something you're doing is, is wrong. Or it might not be wrong, but maybe in, in our life we've learned not to do this. And so, you know, even though it might not be sin, it could hinder or make a, a younger brother or sister in the Lord to stumble. We are to warn, to notify of a fault, to reprove with, with malice, to counsel against wrong practices, to, in, to instruct or to direct. You say, well, that's your, that's your job, preacher. Well, yes, when I stand here, I do my best to do that. But that's part of brotherly love where it says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We are to admonish one another. We are to care for one another. Look in, in 2 Thessalonians, if you would. In 2 Thessalonians, chapter 3. <clears throat> verse 14 says, And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. Yet count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. You know what I don't like is when, you know, we we find different sects of religion, how they, you know, they're, they, the shunning, you know, the, the Amish community has the shunning, you know, where, where you're an outcast and you're not there. You're not. If there's a brother and a brother falls or a brother won't get in line or a sister, we're not to treat them in a way where, it's going to make it worse or they won't come back because the Bible says they are our brother. We're to admonish them as a brother. Now, there's a difference. It's not saying that to go out and act like there's nothing wrong with open fellowship. You know, I'm not saying that because the Bible does say also to mark them and avoid them. And I understand there's a time and a place. But I think a lot of times we confuse the two. You know, it's obviously if somebody's in an open sin, and the church has to deal with that 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 individual and has to put that individual out and and puts that person out so that person will come to themselves as the bible says that they will be ashamed and they will repent but we need to be careful when that one is wanting to be restored that we will restore such a one that we will restore such a one we are to be we are to admonish one another we see also number 5 we are to be forbearing one to another. We are to be forbearing one to another. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 9 says, Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Most of us are, are we need to be patient. Most of us are patient as long as we get our way in the end. But it shouldn't be that way. Well, I'm going to be patient because I know it's all going to work out for my good. That's not true patience. It's not about working out for your good. It's about working out for the Lord's good. For Him. We are to, to be forbearing one to another. We are to, to, to be patient with one another. Look in 2 Timothy chapter 2. In 2 Timothy chapter 2. In verse 24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patience. 
and meekness in verse 25, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. What are we to do? We're to those who are uh, have fallen, those who are at fault. We are to to admonish them. We are to help them. We are to try to to help them to understand the error of their way that they will repent and turn back to the Lord. We're to admonish one another. We are to be forbearing one to another. Number six, we are to forgive one another. We are to forgive one another. Look at Ephesians chapter four. I'm trying to, to go as quickly as I can. And there's so much here. I tried to skip over this. But Ephesians chapter four, verse 32 and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Now, here we go again. Here we have another thing where it doesn't say just forgive, but it tells us how to forgive, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So it's not just go ahead and forgive them. Just just forgive them and go on. And, and I've heard preaching on forgiveness and, and teaching on forgiveness, and I've talked to people about forgiveness, but it... Here's the verse. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So we are to forgive one another. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 says, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So also do ye. We are to forgive one another. How many of us, and please don't raise your hand, but how many of us, would really admit there's been something said or done in our past that we really haven't let go of. We're just kind of hanging on to it. We're saying, no, I'm, you know, I'm not going to let it hinder me, but really it is hindering us because we, we bring it up from time to time, don't we? We, we also, really quickly, we are to comfort one another. The Bible talks about wherefore comfort one another with these things in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 18. We should find comfort in the church. We shouldn't come to the church and have strife and contention. We should be able to come and gather in the church with the congregation, with the assembly and find comfort. We are to edify one another. We are to confess our faults one to another. You say, wait a second. Now, isn't that kind of like being a Catholic? You know, you have confession. No, but here's what it is. In the church, should be the place where you can come, where you can find comfort. The church is where a place where you should be able to come and you should be able to go to a brother or a sister and say, I need help because I'm struggling with this. And you should be able to go to that person and that person says, okay, let's pray about it. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. And as soon as you leave, I'm going to post it on Facebook. As soon as you leave, I'm going to text it out. You know, this is the gossip text line or something. They should be able to come and find help for one another. Confess our faults one another. It tells us that in James chapter 5, verse 16. And then lastly, but certainly not least, we are to pray for one another. We are to pray for one another. I'm reminded just this week of friends in the Lord who have fallen. It might not, I'm not talking about it. when we say falling, we think, well, deep sin and all this. No, I'm not saying that. 
but they're not where they used to be in the Lord. And I can't help but think I should have prayed, prayed for them more. I should have tried to encourage them more. And I, I, I can't help but think maybe there was times when I've seen things that I should have spoke up and tried to help somebody. The Bible says in, in 1 Thessalonians, is it 5.17? To pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And I say this, it's when you pray for one another, there's personality difference, there's character difference, there's cultural differences, especially right here along the border with, you know, you say, well, it's all just, you know, one family, but there's cultural differences. I mean, if, if you don't see that, you're blind. There is. But how can we all come together? Because we have Christ in common. We have Christ in common. And can I say this, it's hard to dislike somebody that you're praying for. It's really hard to dislike somebody you're praying for. But I can't stand that guy. The Lord, would you bless him? Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to work out great for you. That's, boy, I'm telling you, boy, if you're at prayer grounds today, that's a prayer without wavering. Amen. No, it's hard to dislike someone you're praying for. And as I said when we started out, the day we find a perfect church, it becomes imperfect the day we would join it. We can go and we can find a lot of problems. We can stand here and we can point out different issues with the church. You can point out issues with the pastor. But certainly I'm not perfect and I'm not a perfect preacher. And you can say, well, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't want this and I don't like that. But maybe, maybe the biggest problem is not with others, but maybe it's with ourselves. You know, when we start pointing a finger... There's more fingers pointing back to us than there is pointing out. And we start pointing out faults in somebody in, in, in a way where it's arrogant and, and it's not helpful. You know, we have, we have made ourselves a judge and not the Word of God. We have not put ourselves in a position that we can help somebody, but we are only trying to tear them down. We need the church. You need the church. Our kids need the church. Let's be faithful. Let's be faithful and build one another up. Be faithful and serve the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the privilege and the honor to be able to stand here today, Lord. River Valley Baptist Church and be able to preach your word. And Lord, I pray that you would, would use this message. And Father, we certainly did not cover everything in depth. But Lord, there's so much there. But Lord, I pray that this would be an encouragement this week, Father, as we... Uh, Lord, as we leave here and as we go to our places of rest and then at to work, Father, and help us to be a witness, always knowing that there's a place of comfort that we can come home to, and that's our church. Lord, I love you, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.